0: Uriah slept at the entrance of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and did not go down to his house. You have just come from a journey. David said to Uriah, Why did you not go down to your house? Uriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah remain in booths and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are tending in the open field. Shall I then go to my house to eat and drink, and to lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do such a thing.
1: Then David said to you,
0: Remain here today also, and tomorrow I will send you back. So your wife remained in Jerusalem that day. On the next day, David invited him to eat and drink in his presence and made him drunk. And in the evening, he went out to lie on his couch with the servant of his lord, but he did not go down to his house. In the morning, David wrote the letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. In the letter he wrote, Send Uriah in the fourth of the hardest fighting, and then draw back from him, so that he may be struck down and die. Here with the Spirit,
2: Lighting Creator. I am about to do a new thing. Now it spring's forth. Do you not receive it? Now, on a Sunday when you may be as overwhelmed as I am by the depth and wealth and intrigue of the reading we just heard, perhaps it is a bit wasteful of my pulpit time to focus on a Bible verse that is not actually in our lectionary birthday. So bear with me. I hope God's God's desire for us to see what those new things are can be a helpful commitment in all that we have before us today. Jesus is obviously the new thing that God was up to during Gospel
3: times, and the Gospel of John really wants us to know
2: how new and different and positively surprising Jesus was and is. This gospel talks a lot about who Jesus was and is, because there has never been anyone else before or since to give us a frame of reference for understanding what today's gospel calls the breadth and length and height and depth of Christ's love. And because without knowing Jesus, without knowing something of the love of Jesus, it is hard to be. And perhaps relationship with Jesus is the big new thing that we are perpetually being called into. So once every three years in the middle of summer, when our church attendance might be a bit sporadic, the lectionary gives us five weeks in a row to read the sixth chapter of John with the presumed goal that this will help us to know better. Those five weeks start today with the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 and with Jesus walking on water, because why not jam two inexplainable bits of Jesus magic into one day, right? In the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus overrides the fear of scarcity. He challenges the social order that keeps the majority of people hungry. He meets basic needs. He creates Generosity, and he introduces in a very literal way the metaphor of himself as bread, as food, which he will use in the following discourse with such frequency that you can be assured to hear about it every Sunday for the next four weeks. So, Jesus made a lot of bread. And then, once all the inexplicably abundant leftovers, and the day it ended, the disciples get in the boat, they don't really know where to go, but they got in a boat, and halfway across the sea, Jesus scares the living they out of them by walking to them on the boat, on the water, which gives him another opportunity to say something very important about himself. It is I, he says, which sounds a lot like I am one. I said, do not be afraid. It's been a big day, my friends.
3: But I am me. I am who I am. I am not someone
2: who you need to fear. Now, in between the sounding of bread multiplying and the bewildering of water walking, Jesus does something more subtle. And I think it says more about the new thing that Jesus is up to than anything the verse following the feeding of the 5,000 reads When Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not
3: perceive it?
2: The people were hungry for a good king. They always had them. They thought Jesus was going to. That came for them. They had been oppressed by some really evil kings. God had tried to talk them out of being a king at all the prophet Samuel. They finally had gotten a pretty good king some time ago, David, but even he made some disastrous mistakes. And still the people were stubbornly attached to the idea of being saved by the institution of human power in the form of a king. Jesus was something new, though. He was not the kind of leader who could fit neatly into the people's long held hopes and expectations.
3: He knew the dangers of allowing himself to be what they thought they wanted him to be. As a devout Jew,
2: he was steeped in history and tradition, and so he knew that his ancestor, David, the beloved good king, had, as we read this morning, succumbed to the temptations of the power entrusted in him, that he had taken what he wanted, even when what he wanted was a married woman, and that he had taken the life of the woman's husband when he could think of no other way to save himself from the disgrace of having impregnated her while her husband was <clears> at <throat> poor. The power of a human throne, Jesus knew, was not God's way of doing. Thank you.
4: Encourage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of their salvation. Lord, you have mercy. We commend to your mercy all who have died, especially their own land, that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal